Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test, based in Annapolis, Maryland, reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Welcome back to the Anchored Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. My name is Soren Schwab, VP of Partnerships here at CLT, and today we have a very, very exciting guest. Mr. John Snyder is a legislator at the Florida House of Representatives. He served our country in the United States Marine Corps from 2007 to 2012 and was deployed to Afghanistan in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. John is also the founder and CEO of a staffing company called ESI, Employment Simplified. John, thank you so much for being here. And more importantly, thank you so much for serving our country. Soren, thank you so much for having me and, uh, and to your entire team been a longtime follower. And so when the invitation came through, I jumped at it. So appreciate you giving me some time to come on and chat with you guys and uh, just sharing some of the exciting things that are happening here in Florida and really throughout the country. Absolutely. And, and tell our listeners, where, where are you currently? Are you in Tallahassee? Are you, where are you at? Uh, so right now I'm actually, I am on the road uh, for some work. Uh, today I'm in, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, but be we'll be heading back uh, here soon once we're done. So uh, you know, the, the fun thing about uh, kind of the post post pandemic world is work travel is back in full steam. Right. And so uh, glad to be to be done with with the, uh, the Zoom meetings and, and finally getting back to seeing people face to face. Absolutely. Well, we love to start off the Anchored podcast uh, by, by talking a little bit about our guests our own uh, educational journey. So so tell me a little bit about, um, you know, growing up, what kind of schools did you attend? Were you homeschooled, brick and mortar? What was school like for you growing up? Uh, you know, Soren, I, I'm sure when, as a child, if you were anything like me, one of your favorite things to do at, at the fast food restaurants as you go through, and I, I know that there's a term for it, when you get a little bit of each soda from the fountain and it, it all comes blended together, really, that was my educational journey growing up. And it, and it really, it stemmed from having a mom and dad who were very passionate about uh, the education of their children. And, you know, unlike or like so many families uh, who have experienced this when you, when you're just trying to find the right fit. And so to answer the question, I have ran the gamut from small Christian school. I've, I've been in the public school setting my, my mom homeschooled me and my brother for a year, and I did my middle school at, at Catholic school. So really uh, kind of ran the gamut. And um, looking back on it now, I can see you know, certainly the, the liberal arts impact where I had that exposure. That was some of the best education uh, in my life. Well, and speaking of the liberal arts, you, you then went on, right, and you enrolled at um, Indiana Wesleyan University. Um, which is one of one of CLT's partner colleges, and I've had the the privilege to to visit the campus. It is absolutely beautiful, um, and, and just the clarity of their vision, their mission. Um, did you have a similar experience? What was it like for you to attend Indiana Wesleyan? Yeah, so proud to be a, a Wildcat. Uh, that that is our uh, those are our colors, and so I kind of did a reverse migration after I graduated high school, living in South Florida. Uh, my grandparents uh, had a church camp and lived actually in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And so growing up, I, I spent uh, just about every summer of my life up there. And so I was one of the few kids that left Florida for the Midwest. And so my classmates always uh, kind of joked. I think I was one of the only uh, just a, of a handful of Floridians uh, there at the campus. But I did a year and a half of brick and mortar 
and you know, really just was having a hard time figuring out what I wanted to do when I grew up, to be honest. And I ended up joining the Marine Corps, uh, which was the time of my life and uh, able to use technology actually while I was deployed uh, and during my time of active duty service, uh, finished online and ended up with, with a marketing degree uh, from, again, a great university, Indiana Wesleyan there in Marion. Wow. So you, you, you went from Florida to, to Indiana. So you did a year and a half. What were the winters like uh, coming from Florida? And then yes, uh, I will, I will never forget. So Thanksgiving morning uh, of 2006, I, I was making plans. I was going to drive over to a friend's house in Ohio and a lot of the campus had already cleared out. And so when I first peeled back the blinds and looked out the window, that was my first exposure to what a Midwest snowstorm looks like. And, and so, you know, again, uh, totally ill-prepared without a snow scraper, without any of the basic necessities. You know, thankfully I had some good friends who showed me the ropes, but uh, ventured out down the country roads on my way to Lima, Ohio with my little thin uh, profile uh, South Florida street tires on my Honda Accord. So I, I slipped and sl uh, slid the whole way. And it, that was part of the realization that, you know what, maybe Indiana summers are definitely different than Indiana winters. Uh, but that was a very steep learning curve, to say the least. <laughs> well, the, the Hillsdale College graduate here. Uh, yes, same thing. And, and people say, well, but you grew up in Germany. Like, yes, but not in the Alps. And if you didn't grow up That's in right. the Alps, you don't really have those those intense winters, especially the, the, the lake effect. I mean, it is it is different. So, so you graduate from, from Indiana Wesleyan. Um, what year was that? Uh, well, I, I started on the journey in 2005, finally got my degree in 2012. So, you know, I don't know which class actually claims me, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I finished the journey in 2012. Let's, let's say 12, because that's, that's my graduation year too. So you're, you're oh, see, that's just a, a, another <laughs> thing we have in common. So there we go. So in 2020, you were elected to the Florida House of Representatives. So can you tell us a little bit about that, that journey? Uh, I know your, 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 your father was in politics. Um, was that something that you kind of dreamed of growing up or did it kind of fall on your lap? What was your journey into politics? Yeah, I think, you know, like most, most kids, when you see your parents doing something, uh, you have a great deal of admiration for it. But sometimes when you've seen behind the curtain, uh, it makes you say, I don't think I want anything to do with that. And, you know, certainly in my early adulthood, I felt that, you know, I just don't think that politics, um, it was something I ever wanted to really pursue. Uh, but, but the more, you know, I began to get involved in, in the business community, uh, certainly in the educational pursuits of, of, for my own daughter, you know, I had that realization that, you know, you can sit on the sidelines and you can complain about it, or you can try and suit up get out in the field and try and actually do something about it. And uh, kind of uh, because we have term limits here in Florida, uh, our, our state representative seat uh, was open. So I, I didn't challenge anybody, uh, but there was really no one here in the local community that was stepping forward to run. And after prayer and talking it over with my, with my family uh, and my dad, especially who I consider a coach and, and who really has dedicated his life to public service uh, in law enforcement, uh, came to that point and said, all right, let me put my name in the ring, uh, let the voters decide. And uh, humbly, 
was was elected with overwhelming support uh, you know, there in the community where I was born and raised and uh, now uh, own and operate a business. And, and so uh, over the last couple of years, I have considered it really uh, an opportunity of a lifetime to serve my community uh, in Tallahassee, especially uh, in the day and age that we find ourselves in right now. Yeah, fascinating. Well, you talked a little bit about about you know military service, um, and and I did read that that you sponsored a bill that was signed into law by Governor Ron DeSantis, um, which gives. Uh, correct me if I'm if I'm if I'm misrepresenting that, but it, it gives veterans kind of a, a faster track to become a teacher after they complete their military service. Can you talk a little bit about that? What inspired it, and 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 what what's so unique about that about that law and that bill that you sponsored? Yeah, great question. Um, it was it was basically trying to build on some of the success that we've had. Really, it's a, it's a national program, the Troops to Teachers program. And what we're experiencing here in Florida and, and the news indicates it's happening nationwide. We have a very real teacher shortage. And here in the state of Florida, uh, in the public school system and in the charter school system, uh, every person is required to obtain teacher certification. And without really getting into the nuances uh, of, you know, kind of the bureaucracy here, one of the issues that we are finding is that, you know, they, some of those initial requirements, which are fairly arbitrary, can be definitely a burden uh, for individuals who are trying to at least take the test to try and become a teacher. And, and the best way I could explain what we tried to do with this bill is that here in the state of Florida, regardless of your major, so all you have to do is complete four years of college in any degree, you can submit your transcripts and become eligible. They say, all right, we allow you to take the test. And if you can pass this test, you're a certified teacher and we're gonna put you on the track to professional certification and go through the education courses. So what we did with this bill was say, well, for someone, and I leaned on some of my own experiences and other veteran individuals who have gone on to become teachers kind of found this you know, smaller segment of society, but still individuals with passion of service, uh, the notion that there is something, you know, a mission bigger than just yourself, who, who serve in active duty service, who obtain some college credits. Uh, but they might not have that full four-year degree. And so how can we level the playing field and say the same 22-year-old that joins the military is halfway to obtaining their degree or the same 22-year-old that just went and did the college experience and you know maybe uh, got a degree in underwater basket weaving, why should they be allowed to take the test but the 22-year-old military veteran who has at least an associate's level of college, why can't they at least take the test? And at the end of the day, um, once all this has happened, that active duty or that, that veteran, uh, even if they get this temporary certification, they still have to finish their four-year degree. They have to be under the supervision of a mentor. Um, and, and really the, to get down to it, what we're trying to do is capture some of these veterans who, who we know We've got the data. They make great teachers. They make great administrators. Um, how can we get them into this pipeline, get them the right support, allow them to continue in service, and uh, hopefully continue to build off the successful Troops to Teachers program? 
Man, John, I absolutely love this. And, you know, I, I myself was blessed to, to work uh, for a veteran at my old school and, and probably just one of the, the best leaders I've ever seen in my life. And now, you know, obviously with CLT, we're in this kind of in this renewal movement. And we'll talk about but about your involvement in that as well here in a sec. Um, but but a lot of the school leaders are former military and and really some of the, the most inspirational, uh, most capable um, and, and many of them, like you said, that are teachers. So I really, really appreciate what you're doing. And later on, we're going to talk a little bit about, you, you mentioned the, the, the teacher shortage. So <laughs> I think those all kind of go, go together. So really great work, work there. Let's talk a little bit about your journey into education and, and particularly into classical education. Um, you helped start a school in, in Florida, just north of, of West Palm Beach, uh, Treasure Coast Classical Academy. And as you know, I'm on the road a lot. And so I've also had the pleasure of visiting <laughs> and uh, that was actually before I before I knew you. Uh, and same thing, just so so impressed by by the leadership, uh, by the students, the teachers. So tell us a little bit about how, how did you get involved in in, in that movement and, and helping helping start that school? Uh, and tell us a little bit about about TCCA in general. Well, thank you, Soren. Uh, I, I personally, you know, I have to start by saying, without a doubt, it was by providential fortune, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that later that I found myself even involved uh, with, with this startup effort at Treasure Coast Classical Academy. So going back to 2017, uh, I was not familiar really with classical education and even the nuances of charter schools. And I, and I tell this story a lot. The first time I was actually approached uh, by someone here in the community that I've known nearly my entire life, and they said, would you be interested in helping us start a classical charter school? I said, you've got the wrong guy. I'm really bad at music and I don't know anything about charter schools. Uh, but they said, no, 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 you've got to watch this video and, and, and get to learn about it. And, and I'll never forget, really, it was an emotional experience when, when my wife and I first watched uh, the introductory Barney Charter School Initiative video, part of the Hillsdale College outreach. And we said, we didn't know the words to describe exactly what we were looking for, but this is it. And um, you know, certainly I just played a, a, a small role in that as a passionate parent and someone who uh, just wanted to raise the awareness and really joined a grassroots team of, of passionate individuals who, you know, in, in truth, we went to battle with our, our local school district, with our county commission. It was an uphill climb. Um, but today we're in our fourth year. Uh, my daughter is entering into going into sixth grade this year. And uh, we've got almost 1,200 kids uh, in, in class and a, a wait list of nearly 1,000 students. And really, it's, it's not me or any individual that, that deserves the credit. It's really the, the, the quality of what a classical, rigorous uh, education brings. Parents want that because it makes a difference in students. It is real, uh, and it's something you can just you can see it. And so it's it's certainly been an exciting time. And yeah, kind of through that evolution, that's how I realized, hey, politics does as as much as we might not like it. It does play a role in how um, you know our our school boards, our county commissions, our state legislatures. That's really what controls this so much more. Uh, than just a federal department of education. Wow. And I mean, and we're hearing these numbers, this, those wait lists. It's like you said, it speaks to parents getting involved and, and really yearning for alternatives. 
on a personal level, John, I'm I'm pretty excited to in about two years uh, see see a Snyder take a take a CLT eight. So um, I, I'm pretty excited to uh, to see that. I'm sure she she does better than, than Dad ever would. So uh, there is no doubt about that. So you know, you, I appreciate you putting in that added pressure. So I'll make sure uh, what, whatever study guide you're trying to sell me, uh, sign me up. <laughs> well, um, we talked a little bit about you know like your role in like, the local politics and. You know, in general, there's just a lot of encouraging news coming out of Florida regarding education, right? Whether it's the, the increased parental involvement, whether it's school choice legislator, uh, we're hearing about these new educational standards. I mean, you guys seem to be pioneers. Um, what have been been some of your your personal highlights um, that that you're seeing, and what are you really, really, really excited about moving forward here in in, in Florida? Well, you know, one of the things that I think is so important, especially in a day and age that's dominated by, you know, social media and, you know, the, 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 the 24-hour news cycle, you know, how can we deliver real results to the children and the families here in the state of Florida? And I think, you know, going back to the days of Governor Jeb Bush uh, and, and all the way through this, really a, a commitment to turning around, because for a long time, Florida was in many circles, the laughing stock of K-12 education. And so by really focusing on empowering parents, putting the students first, making sure our teachers have the tools necessary uh, to deliver quality education, that's how we've gotten to a place where we are now ranked by U.S. Uh, World News and Report number five in the country for education. We're number one in higher ed. Uh, we're number 12 in, in K-12, and we've got to continue pushing. And so one of the key drivers to that has been, again, putting the power back into the hands of parents. Uh, we've known for a long time, we've had uh, pay issues. You know, how can we compete in a national scale with our teachers? Uh, we have made a commitment. We want to be in the top five in the nation for starting salary of a teacher, bringing that from 35000 up to nearly 50000 uh, We have repealed uh, just this last legislative session. Uh, the, the standardized testing, uh, what we've seen and the, the major feedback from teachers is our hands have, began, have become tied because we're having to teach to this test. So let's be smart about it. Let's repeal the test, put in place progress monitoring so each district or each charter school can pick uh, and choose what's going to work best uh, in their environment so we can actually catch these issues sooner uh, than an end of the year test. Driving literacy rates. I could tell you right now that is one of the largest abject failures of public education today has been our literacy rates. You know, people like to clap and, and jump up and down and say, oh, we're above 50 percent. We're doing well compared to the rest of the nation. Well, I know CLT still uses uh, real testing standards. And anytime you're at 50 percent, that is no reason for celebration. It's sounding the alarm. And so one of the things we did um, in this, this last couple of years, the New World's Reading Initiative making sure that every child, regardless of the income of their family, can have a book delivered to their house through, you know, through the mail. And we're talking about, you know, in some of the places in Florida, kids who are sleeping in, in squalor now have the ability, they probably have never even been given uh, sometimes a gift uh, at all, um, to now have, with their name on it, a delivered book where they can begin to build a library have the resources and the abilities to uh, get our reading rates where they need to be. And that's really 
at the end of the day, that is our moonshot effort. How do we get our literacy rates uh, above 85% um, and really have something to be proud of? And we're going to try and do that in the next 20 years here. Wow, those are some some, some great initiatives. Thanks for for sharing. Um, we mentioned you mentioned earlier, um, you know, the 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 wait list that that Treasure Coast Classical has. I know Jacksonville Classical Academy has the same. Naples, right? There, some of these schools, some of these classical schools in Florida, they could open two more campuses and fill them, right, with students that are yearning for that. Well, I guess part of the 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 issue that 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 you identified is that there's a teacher shortage, right? Um, and so in 2015, you founded a staffing company called ESI, Employment Simplified. Can you share with our listeners uh, the work that ESI does, especially on the education side? Because I know you also have kind of a healthcare, healthcare component. But on the education side, w- what, what prompted you to, to found this company and, and what, what kind of work are you doing? Well, you know, again, we as a company, we did not start in the education space, but really, you know, at the same time. I began you know, learning about school expansion and being a part of, you know, trying to to bring a school from scratch. That was one of the first things we came up against was where are we going to find our principal? And so, as somebody who had been in the recruiting space and, and staffing world for a while, I said, "Well, surely we can find some other companies that do this." And, and while there are a handful of them out there. Uh, the, the type of support and really what we were looking for in classical educators was just difficult to find. And so um, you know, through that endeavor and just seeing a void in the marketplace, uh, we created a education specific department uh, within uh, ESI. And, and now today we're working with uh, not just public charter schools, but uh, Christian classical schools, uh, Catholic liberal arts schools, uh, and other independent schools around the country trying to find uh, quality educators that are passionate about teaching uh, and really uh, changing the hearts and minds of this next generation. And that's that's how we connected uh, initially, John, because uh, we were you know at the same conferences and like who, who are these guys and what, what are they doing there? Uh, but uh, you know you guys were onto something early on, and I wasn't even sure at first. Like well, you know I think you, you saw something early on that uh, maybe we didn't even see just yet and that explosive growth um, that that we can't keep up with with the demand. And so uh, just super grateful for the work uh, that you're doing. Uh, I know personal friends that have benefited uh, from your organization that you were able to to match them with 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 an amazing school. Um, so if, if anyone is, is, is listening, you know, maybe a, uh, an administrator, what's the best way to get in touch with with you all um, and, and maybe uh, get some help from you? So anybody can hop onto our website. It's ESI, which again stands for Employment Simplified Inc. ESIWorks.com, W-O-R-K-S.com. And uh, on there, you're able to see every job opening that we have around the country from California to Florida. And if you are looking for to perhaps get into education, maybe you've got a veteran listener uh, whose interest was sparked by this new certification pathway here in Florida, uh, please hop on there. You, it's pretty easy to find our contact information, reach out to us. And if you're a school uh, in need of support, uh, you can always reach out to us and we're happy to share um, what we do and how we might be able to help. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, well, John, this has been an absolute delight. Um but of course, as you know, there's one last question that we got to ask, which is usually the, the most difficult to answer. So 
Um, <laughs> what uh, What's the one text or, or the one book you would say that has most impacted you as a person, um, as a man, or, uh, you know, as an educator? Well, I, of course, I've got to start with the Bible, but I, I, I assume that that is not always uh, an allowable answer. I can't do an easy out, but for sure, the Bible, uh, that is my compass uh, every single day. But uh, in the last, uh, about the last year and a half, I'd say uh, it's, it's, a, it's a biography uh, in the hands of Providence uh, about Joshua Chamberlain, uh, the, the, the Union Civil War general who really is credited uh, with, with saving uh, the Union in the Battle of Gettysburg. And one of the most fascinating things about General Chamberlain is he started his career as a, as a professor. Uh, and it's so important to remember that only 150 years ago, the two most, the highest profession, professions that one could aspire to be was a pastor uh, or a teacher. And um, through the just the winding paths of life, uh, he found himself in, in some critical uh, positions. And you know, what he always came back to is he didn't know why he was in a, a season of time, but uh, it all comes back to the hands of providence. Uh, I believe that God has a purpose and a plan uh, for all of us. And to, to just see things that can happen 150 years ago, uh, still relevant today, well, much more than 150 years ago. It's one, if you haven't read, I, I highly recommend, uh, especially if you're a history buff. So In the Hands of Providence, uh, the uh, biography of Joshua Chamberlain. I'm a reader, but I have not actually not... Uh, not read that one. So you just gave me another book and my wife's probably already, you know, tearing up because I... <laughs> there's a lot of boxes coming in the Schwab household. Well, thank you so hey, much. I'll send it to yeah. you, Soren. I'll make Are a deal. You? you send me a CLT guide. I'll <laughs> send you my copy and uh, it'll keep you out of the doghouse a little bit. Deal. Deal. Wonderful. Well, once again, we're here with John Snyder, a member of the Florida House of Representatives, Marine Corps veteran uh, and founder of ESI Employment Simplified. John, uh, this has been such a joy. Thanks for all you do, and, and please keep up the good work. Hey, thank you, my brother. Appreciate you and my best to your entire team. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anchored. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.